0: The following transmission contains unencrypted instances of explicit language.
1: Welcome back to Spies Like Us. This is part two of our tradecraft analysis of 1998's Enemy of the State. In part one, we focused on the villain side of things. Here in part two, we're going to be discussing Gene Hackman's character's entry onto the stage and how this changes the story from an absolute no-win situation to at least a kind of a David versus Goliath gig. If you missed out on part one, and you don't want to miss out again, do you? The uh, simple solution is to go ahead and hit that subscribe button on iTunes, Google, or your favorite podcast app. Now let's get back to it. I think I can recap the movie like real quick in a way that'll help us hang everything together. At the beginning of the movie, John Foyt kills Jason Robards and a tape is made of it. Meanwhile, Will Smith comes into possession of a tape of a mob boss meeting with union leaders. And the confusion about the tapes is a major part of the story because He's got the tape of the mob boss, but then, which he knows he has, but then he's given a tape by Jason Lee before Jason Lee dies, which Will Smith doesn't know he has. Mm-hmm. John Voigt sends an army of NSA bullshit at Will Smith uh, to try to get the tape. Uh, Will Smith mistakenly believes that all this nonsense is... Because of the mob tape he got, that causes him to contact Lisa Bonet's guy, Gene Hackman, mm-hmm. to find out what's going on. Gene Hackman just happens to be, huge coincidence, an ex-NSA guy. And then, I don't know, some other tape stuff happens. But that's that's basically like what happens here, right?
0: When Will Smith thinks it's the mob tape, he contacts Rachel Banks to find out who her guy is. That's when she discusses the signal, which was kind of cool because we've seen the chalk on the post office box in the Americans a few times, you know. So I, I liked that, you know, how, what her signal is and where the meeting place is on a boat. Um, so Will Smith gets this, uh, the, the signal information, which is really important for counterintelligence. Like this is how they kind of like get in. So he gets in. However, he's being watched by this like giant mob of NSA agents and a guy stops him in the bathroom and um, is like sweeping him for bugs and asking him questions. And he's like, are you Brill? And he's like, oh, Brill's dead. Uh, You know, I got the signal. And then he was like, don't say a word. And He's like, give me your left shoe. And he pops open the shoe. And and pulls out like a, a transmitter to show him you've been being watched or whatever, and um, it turns out this guy is not Brill or related to Brill whatsoever. So he's pretty much on Team John Voight. But I wanted to mark this as my number two best trade craft mm-hmm. was them was one Will Smith. You know, had to get the signal. He get, and they're watching him, so they picked up on the signal and picked up that he's trying to meet someone. So they intercepted the meeting.
1: They have all the information they need to to do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right, and they intercept the meeting and pretend to be the guy, and to build confidence between Will Smith and this like fake Brill, he they, you know, he sweeps him and pulls out a bug, and here, here, I found a bug, you can trust me now type of thing, you know? So I, I marked that as my number two best tradecraft. I, I thought that was very clever and And very good, very good surveillance work and and intelligence work
1: right. And you know, um, I just realized like he only finds one of the trackers, and there's like six trackers on Will Smith's person, right
0: right, so he he just took away one of them so that the other ones were still working
1: right, so that means because he does the sweep thing and it only beeps when it hits uh, Will Smith's shoe. That means he has to have rigged it to have a little button. Where he can press yeah. the button to make a beep, because otherwise, right? it been, otherwise it would have been beeping like crazy,
0: right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> so, I thought that was really cool. I, I I liked that a lot. Yeah.
1: Uh, your number two best. I called it my number one. So we're still, we're still pretty, pretty, uh, in line with each Lightened other up here. Yeah. This stuff. <laughs> let's talk about the tech again. Uh, let's put a little more flavor. On the, you know, like, we have just established, you and I think that Team Voight could have gotten a lot more mileage out of taking a light touch and just listening, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of, like, chasing and flushing and and spooking the prey. Right. Um, I wondered if any of the, you know, tracking devices that were on Will Smith could have just been a transmitter, you know? Like, if the... You know, if his cell phone, if they just put a microphone in his cell phone, like, boom, you you got everything you need. You don't need this super complicated, you know, Union Square kind of stuff. Um, Which, by the way, the technology existed because they were,
0: that's how they caught the mob in like the 70s and 80s was bugging their cars and their telephones. And by 98, I'd like to believe they had better listening devices that they could just put on his pen or phone or something
1: sort of because what you see in the mob movies is like these wires that are like I don't know there's a fucking battery pack right and like it has to be like taped to your chest and like like a bunch of stuff that like you know someone searching you could easily find and certainly you couldn't have it on your person those kind of right. things right without knowing about it right um the best I could find was an article in 2013 that displayed a, a transmitting wire. It was like, they were super proud of it in 2013. That was like small enough to have, you know, like, you know, the little coin, uh, little green coin stuff that we see in the movie. Yeah. Right. Like it looks kind of like that. It's about that small. That is small enough to have been planted in his coat or maybe his phone mm-hmm. that's in 2013 they're super proud of that so i don't think they could have made them that small in 1998 so okay maybe they couldn't have audio recording
0: well the tech probably existed and it wasn't public uh but yeah you're right for the film it's established uh that they had to use all this other stuff so i see where you're going that maybe they couldn't have planted the mic on the cell phone is what you're kind of saying?
1: Yeah, I, I I have a feeling that that kind of transmitter technology wasn't tiny enough, especially to fit like into his pen or something. Oh. Um, so so that's okay, but uh, now the tininess of the locators. So let's say like all they have on him is just locators. Uh, which like bully for them for putting fucking six of them on the guy, <laughs> 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 kind of overkill, but uh, it's it's fun. Um, but the timeliness of those locators are also a little bit questionable. You mentioned GPS before, and GPS is not a technology that exists in nineteen ninety eight that is is this small.
0: Oh. Well, not publicly. Again, like, you know, a, a lot of stuff exists before it reaches consumer market. But, yeah, you're right. Like, that's why I'm wondering if this is why they had to approach the film this way, that a lot of the tech wasn't public enough or on the market to, to even bring up. So, that, the, like, that's why I'm seeing where you're going, that, like, I'm following your logic here, that this is why they had to have the big square group you know, with the the Rachel Banks meeting,
1: but yeah, GPS um, requires it requires three satellites to function, and the receiver, uh-huh. right, like the one that's in yourself your smartphone right now, like uh-huh. it it has to have a processor in order to calculate the signal delay. Okay, like it's not like a you know what you know the product Tile and there's like uh-huh. all those kind of things like that that we have now, uh-huh. like. Tile can't be found by GPS, even today, as far as I know. The reason the reason is because Tile needs to have a... Com- it would have to have a computer in it. Uh, like, okay, I'm a satellite, or I'm three satellites, and I have the information of what I'm trying to track, and I can send out those... Beams. Now I'm sounding really fucking like I have no idea what I'm talking about. But these, <laughs> these fucking beams, right? <laughs> Lasers. Yeah. Um, but but to to figure out where the thing is exactly. But the thing is, right now, the way GPS works is like the thing that I'm looking for has to want to be found,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it has to be smart enough to, like, calculate some kind of signal delay between the satellites in order to give them correct information on its exact location. So that's why, yeah, you can have one in your cell phone because your cell phone's big enough to, you know, house one of these things and have a little computer in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but a tile is not. A tile uh, locates by, by Bluetooth, uh, which is a much shorter range. Like, the satellites can't fucking... Well, I don't know if I want to say trust me. That's why none of this made it into my best and worst. Yeah, <laughs> because because I don't know. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying like the limitations of what I I can tell with the uh, you know a certain amount of googling. Um. There's um There's a. Uh, you know, I mentioned you know 2013. They were really proud. Someone was really proud of bringing to market a wire that was small enough to be like one of those coin things. Uh, in 2014, the Nano Hornet GPS chip was touted as like the smallest in the world. Came from an Israeli technology company, uh, which, again, is about the size of one of those coins. It wouldn't have fit in his pen or in his watch, but it like could have fit in his shoe. Mm-hmm. Or you could have hidden it in this coat. So, as far as 2014, yeah, you could have GPS stuff that's that small because you can make processors. And obviously, it's going to need like a, a power source. But that's 2014. That's 20 years later than this film. My big takeaway on the tech is I think everything we see existed then in 1998, but almost none of it existed like. That small, that efficient, and that powerful.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah.
1: That's why, that's why I think this movie is science fiction.
0: It's a good point.
1: Now it gets fucking weird. I want to presage this by saying, okay, I only found one source. It's from a news organization that I generally trust, but I couldn't find any other backup for this. It is claimed that the NRO was inspired by this movie to go and update the capabilities of their satellites. It is claimed that someone working for like, you know, like not necessarily the NRO directly, but one of their research labs in Northern California, uh, after watching this movie ran home and called his boss and said, dude, I have an idea. (laughs) the satellite footage in this film is faked it's faked with uh, uh aerial photography uh using like a technique that was like specifically developed for this film the guy that developed like it might have been the cinematographer or it was just someone that was in the technical production of this film he got hired to uh, help them make better spy satellites oh wow
0: <laughs> that's great
1: <laughs> it's it wouldn't be the first time that uh, the military or intelligence agencies got a great idea from Hollywood
0: no definitely not
1: that's that's the tech of the film I'm glad I'm glad you're with me like I you know I believe everything uh, here exists now I don't believe it existed then at these micro scales or or this fast or this efficient you know like you have to um, let's see the two no there's three satellite orbits one of them uh, one of them doesn't matter it's an elliptical orbit that has nothing to do with this one of them is a low earth orbit which like just spins around and basically like you could take a snapshot of DC like every few hours. Oh okay. And then there's the geosynchronous one that you could just park over DC and that's probably more like what we're seeing in this film, but I don't think that technology had actually existed yet. Mm. It so exists now. Let's talk about Gene Hackman cuz this is this is like halfway through the movie. Gene Hackman's second build doesn't even need to show up for the first hour of the film.
0: Right,
1: but here he is. We just mentioned there's the the Gabriel Byrne who is like a uh, uh, Brill in quotes in the credits. Uh-huh. Right <laughs> on IMDb, he's listed as fake Brill. Uh-huh. Uh, he's taking Will Smith for a ride. Gene Hackman pursuing in an SUV even goes to the point of crashing into the back of Gabriel Byrne's taxi and. I don't I don't get it. This is I'm I'm putting this next to my whole problem with John Voight's plan. I'm (laughs) it's it's almost as close like Gene Hackman's plan. The movie needs Gene Hackman to become involved. This movie is a lot more fun to watch than to think about a person that's portrayed as being so careful as Gene Hackman is not doing this kind of cowboy shit. I think. Right. My worst I, number one, minus five points.
0: <laughs> no, that's pretty good. I didn't even think about that. He, why would he go after him other than he had the signal? He might be worried Rachel was compromised somehow, but still, you're right. There's no, he's not going to go out like a desperado like this. It, that was a really good catch. Oh, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that.
1: You know, we're going to talk a little bit about Hackman and Will Smith's first interaction, but it'll basically end with Hackman saying, like, get the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, Will Smith is going to contact him a second time with information that Lisa Bonet's been murdered. Well, now we have a plausible reason that Hackman would, would maybe take a risk because we have this backstory where uh, his buddy... Uh, from operations he did in Iran in the eight in leading up to the eighties, mm-hmm. uh, you know, kind of made Lisa Bonet like his responsibility. You know, mm-hmm. they promised each other like if if either of us doesn't make it out, like the other person will look out for the for the other guy's family. So that part made sense, but it's the first interaction of Gene Hackman deciding to get involved that doesn't make any sense, right? So that said, and I think, I I think like, I just want to say like the Voight plan and the Gene Hackman involvement, they're pivotal moments, but at least they're papered over quickly so that we can just get back to the fucking barbecue, which is what we want.
0: (laughs) Right. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Putting all the bugs in a potato chip bag. I want to give it plus five points. It almost made my number three best just because I liked it. Uh I hadn't seen it before. Uh, I have no idea if this would actually work.
0: Well, I I, I liked it for two reasons. Number one, when he opens the bag, it'll sound like static. Mm -hmm. And he's pouring like and crunching chips all over Will Smith. The other thing is a lot of potato chips bags have like kind of like that metallic bagginess to it it's not sure. like a plastic bag and i i know most transmitters can't go through metal, like any kind of signal transmissions are usually blocked by metals especially at this point or at least that's what we would have believed at that time in 98 so putting them in the
1: bag would have blocked the signal quote unquote i think so that's, i mean i believe it yeah also, uh, you know, it's it's kind of clever to leave one bug outside the bag, send the elevator down uh-huh. so that they can confuse, like, anyone that's... I mean, so that... Well, I, I guess maybe it would have been smarter to just leave all the transmitters outside the potato chip bag, just send the elevator Ew. down.
0: Why he carried them up makes no sense to me.
1: Yeah, I guess, I- I guess it doesn't, actually. Yeah. All right, well, now I'm really happy I didn't make it my... Yeah, my, my, one of my best. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, leave, put leave the bugs in the elevator. Send the elevator down. They're they're tracking the elevator. It's going down again. I don't actually think that the tr- the GPS or tile technology is capable in 1998 of recognizing elevation at all. Um, but it's as given uh, in this film. But it gets them up to the rooftop i didn't think this was the smartest place to have the conversation right i mean it proves to be wrong i mean he thought the satellite dishes would confuse them but i don't know uh you know up there rooftop exposed anyone can see you maybe bad
0: yeah i i would i would agree Uh, But we don't have a cool rooftop scene like we always needed in an action
1: film. (laughs) Right. Or a helicopter.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I feel like Gene Hackman could have just done what Will Smith does a little bit later and got into a room to have Will Smith strip down and take a robe. But then we wouldn't have had the cool action scene after the cool rooftop scene.
1: Yeah. The more I think, I mean, I know uh, Gene Hackman really had to be arm wrestled into doing this movie. Um, and the more I look at his part in the script, the more I kind of understand why. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, they separate. And I think this is where we get one of our, like, honestly, like really great elongated chasings, like all through the hotel. Right. Yeah. I didn't time this one. Uh, I know that like we clocked the car chase in Ronan at a full, minutes which felt that exhausting cool. yeah i'm not cool. sure how long this one is it's pretty long but it doesn't feel exhausting it's actually really fun because it's such a mix yeah. of uh you know running and window climbing and cars chasing people on foot and tunnels and changing costumes and this is basically where the movie honors the check that it has written to the audiences. Right? Yeah. I mean, this is our this is our big super chase scene. Uh, you know, I liked it. It's a lot of fun. Uh doesn't have to do with tradecraft, so we can move on from there. Uh unless you had specifics.
0: Just uh, overall I, getting out of the hotel was pretty impossible. So, like you said, there isn't too much tradecraft, but I, I did like how he got out, like, escaping in the ambulance, which we see a lot in spy films, like how he started the fire in the supply closet, which caused a whole fire, and then the, the you know, ambulances and fire trucks and police cars started showing up, and, like, the NSA team was like, oh, this show's going public, you know, and uh, so that, that's the only thing I can really say is that this escape is pretty much impossible, but... At least we got, like, something where it was like, oh, okay, he started a fire and got out in an ambulance, you know. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I think, I think I'm good.
1: Right. Um, I mean, it's, you know, I mean, we've already covered it, but it's another place to point out that, like, going in hard, like, sending Gary or Jake Busey and Scott Kahn in to do uh George Smiley job
0: <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> is is
1: is gonna naturally result in a Breckheimer barbecue. Right. <laughs> I mean what did they think was gonna happen? They're flashing their weapons all over the place. It's just it's just crazy. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, I don't I don't really see anything else to really talk about for the hotel scene.
1: Um I guess it's so I guess it's uh after this that like he goes To try to contact Bonet again. Now it's where he finds out she's dead. And it's very obvious from the scene that uh, some moves have been made to finger him as the murderer. Right. That's going to give him the leverage to bring Hackman in correct. You know, since uh, we established, like, Hackman's got a uh, responsibility you know uh honor to his dead or missing friend or whatever um so so this this part of it makes sense and and they're back together again which mm-hmm. is what the movie wants the movie wants like hackman and and smith on screen together and they are fun
0: absolutely i, I well wasn't it when he went to before he uh never, uh found Rachel dead um, he spotted a surveillance van and calls the police to say that they po- possible drugs. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought it was clever. You know, definitely plus fly points. I also liked Will Smith's attire after the hotel. He he kind of puts on like a homeless look like he's just bumming around, which is generally like ignored by the public. So I, I kind of liked that. Um, but yeah, uh, after that, we get gene hackman and will smith together again um uh, they're on the road and they stop at like a convenience store and gene hackman says just stay put he gives them a list of rules and stuff like you know don't do this don't do that and especially don't make any phone calls so at the convenience store what does will smith do of course he gets on the pay phone and calls his wife's friend um <clears throat> And that she's obviously being tapped because the team NSA had been watching everybody in Will Smith's life. Um, and that phone call is what triggers them to spot somewhere in their location and they're able to locate the safe house. Uh, and I actually marked the pay phone call as my number two worst trade craft. Um, at this point, Will Smith should have been very aware of the capabilities of being tracked and um, watched and he and he's got a guy that's way above his league telling him not to make any phone calls and the dialogue tries to fix it by saying oh I just made a phone call on a payphone," um but I I still don't I, I don't think that's enough to explain I, I think Will Smith should have been much the wiser at this moment to like not make any contact you know kind of listen to what Hackman's telling you to do and so that that but i i think it just needed to be there for the story so i'm but i'm marking it my number two worst tradecraft
1: it's pretty bad on hackman's part too that uh okay like you know like uh what's the expression like uh once burned twice shy or something
0: yeah 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 <laughs> you know so.
1: like this is this is twice burned Right. Like this is this is your alarm flag that like you can't trust Will Smith to fucking follow simple goddamn instructions. <laughs> Very right? simple goddamn instructions. Yeah. I think he should be peeling out. Right. I, I think he should be leaving this guy behind. Yeah. Um but you know, we want Hackman in the movie. He's gonna take Will Smith to his secret fortress of solitude. Yeah. Which, uh, you know, again, like, I think he would have gone to the Fortress of Solitude. I don't think he would have taken Will Smith there. Like, this guy's a problem. This guy's a big problem for you. And, and it, just, it just undermines all of what we are given to understand our Hackman's, like, decades-long, very careful practices of, you know, staying out of the spotlight. Uh, but you know, we've we've already litigated that case. The this cage that he's got, it's uh it's something called a, a Faraday cage. Uh and I looked it up. Looks totally legit. If you uh enclose yourself in enough copper wire, you can completely shield uh high frequency electromagnetic signals. Yeah, so the cage checks out. I didn't get to check. I mean, I saw that like people were making uh comparisons to this, you know, place that he's got with the nineteen seventy-four the conversation. I didn't actually specifically find out if the conversation involved a Faraday cage, but the concept was known at that point. It is legit. We'll give it plus spy points, we'll give it minus spy points for taking Will Smith there. Right. I think <laughs> um you know it's one of those situations too and, and like you know pretty soon the bad guys are going to show up and and he's got to boom 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 blow up his base um you know it feels great it's it's uh, it's it's the barbecue um it doesn't it doesn't fly with me that he puts so much on the line uh-huh. uh for what just seems like a very thin possibility of helping out some guy that used to bang the daughter of your friend from 30 years ago. Right. (laughs) Should we give some plus spy points to that calm ass cat? Oh, absolutely.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The fact that they were able to get the cat is boggling to me in that giant warehouse. That cat would have shot out and just hid like somewhere.
1: I am a cat person i think i'm i think i'm on like cat number 10 right now i have never owned a cat that would have put up with any of this bullshit for one quarter of a second (laughs)
0: like
1: this cat would be gone like under a couch just 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 bailed but this cat i guess i don't know this cat's seen some shit (laughs) this cat's got the thousand the thousand yard stare yeah They, uh, we got some more exciting stuff too, like, uh, you know, escape from Hackman's fortress of solitude through the train yard, uh, you know, some more barbecue stuff. It's good. It's good. But then, uh, they're eventually going to get clear and turn the movie to our, I guess our third act. This is where, uh, Hackman and Smith stop running and start facing forward into what they need to do.
0: Yeah, and the Hackman takes Smith to like a tech store, like a Radio Shack type place, and gets a bunch of gear, mm-hmm. makes a witty comment about like, you know, the congressman trying to get the bill passed. He's like, yeah, he's going to need that bill to protect him from us and gives a little wink. Um,
1: <laughs> right. But-
0: We get, like, a nice cool montage type of set of shots of, you know, we first get, like, a guerrilla warfare explanation, which I loved, uh, from Hackman. And then um, uh, they're basically going to turn the tables on the NSA team, and as well as that congressman. uh, They trace the congressman's cell conversation to find what hotel he's staying at. Um, And... Uh, we, we get like a whole list of, you know, sending flowers to the house. So the wife thinks that the, uh, the voice cheating on her, you know, we, we get, uh, their cards canceled. They get all kinds of weird stuff happening, planning cameras. It's, it's fun. It's a nice little turn in the tables type of thing. Um, so I, I kind of wanted to make this my number one best trade craft, uh, because not only do they kind of. Flip, uh, t- like just just kind of turn it over to them, and you know start counter spying on them. But I Hackman also purposely wanted to get these bugs found and get Voight's attention. And I really I really liked that, where it was like, "Look, buddy, you think you're safe with all your cute tricks and stuff? Look, I can do the exact same thing to you. Like you are not safe." And then Hackman makes the phone call. You know, like I'm here and let's meet, you know, it very
1: much goes to the theme of the film too, which, uh, you know, we, I, I liked the, the, the idea that we established early in the film that Will Smith's character is a little bit dismissive of the dangers of this kind of Patriot act kind of stuff. Right. And then he's caught up in it and then he yeah. learns what it's like, what it's actually like. Uh, to have this turned against him. Um, The way that Hackman turns, uh, you know, these techniques against the Senator and against Voight himself. That's again, it's a warning like, Hey, you know, if, if we can use these tools against our enemies, we can use them against our friends. Yeah. We can use them against anyone. There's no, there's no like the, the, the boxing gloves are off. Right. Um, which I don't think really pays off in the senator, like kind of having his mind turned about it. But that might have been nice. You know, mm-hmm. there, there, there could have been like a, a fine, you know, the final scene is again uh, Larry King interviewing the guy. Uh, you know, maybe it would have been kind of cool. I don't know exactly how you would have written it, but maybe like his bluster would have been kind of dulled, mm. you know. That, uh, you know, yeah, like, you know, he might have said, like, yeah, maybe we need to rethink this.
0: <laughs> well, there's that, but also, like, it, letting these things be found by Voight wasn't the only thing he wanted to do because. Now Voight's in trouble with the government because it's been discovered that the congressman was being spied on. So now Voight's being questioned. Look, these are our toys. Why are they in the congressman's hotel room? Like, you better have a damn good explanation for spying on 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 a United States congressman, right? Um, so I I liked that they put a lot of this pressure on, but I, I think I think you have a really good point too that it, it would have been nice story wise if if uh, the congressman's kind of conscious might've been shifted a little bit and been like, well, maybe this isn't the best thing. Maybe we shouldn't pass this bill and like, uh, look at like, well, what, you know, like what freedoms are we giving away for something like this?
1: Yeah, I would, I would, I would liked that. Um, again, not trying to add any runtime to the film. Uh, it is pretty yeah. long uh but uh so that's part of their plan but then the other part of the plan oh and I wanted to mention too something I applaud the movie for is you know the the copy of the tape that Will Smith has mm-hmm. gets fucked up during that final chase scene mm-hmm. like it's no longer of value to them and that removes a really important card off of their playing table whereas like once I mean, a lot of this movie hinges on the fact that Will Smith doesn't know what he has. Mm-hmm. Once he finds out what he has, he could easily, like, just fucking, you know, f- uh, flag someone and hope it's not a, you know, a cop plant. <laughs>
0: right. <laughs>
1: and, like, you know, Voight goes down. But right. they don't have the tape anymore. Uh-huh. Although it's very important that Voight doesn't know that they have the that they don't have the tape anymore. Right. So they're still going to have to uh, execute a very dangerous plan B. Hackman, his idea is like, we got to get the guy to confess. Right. Right. So, um, you, this, this last part of the film It's a little problematic for me, but I want, I want you to take the lead on it. How do they go about this?
0: So after they've been messing with Voight's life, uh, you know, Hackman finally like makes the play to call and say, let's meet. I have the tape. Uh, let's discuss terms or whatever. They meet up and Hackman shows up dressed as a police officer on the other side of the fence. So they can't really like just nab him. And he's They can't just shoot him in broad daylight. And he kind of looks like he's supposed to be there because it's a parking lot full of police cars. Um, one of the cool things also about this meeting is you know Hackman's bugged, and uh, he turns off the mic so that when they sweep him, they won't notice it. But then Will Smith can remotely turn it on. Uh, so that was kind of a cool play um, that I liked.
1: Uh, but- I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and call that my number one best tradecraft of the film Uh and something I was surprised I had never seen before uh, because it makes so much sense to uh, you know expect that you're going to be swept Uh and have the transmitter be uh, dead Uh or um, asleep anyways right and not detectable uh, but then be able to have it activated uh after you've been swept, that of course requires another person, or I guess you could press a button in your pocket or something i don't know right um but uh but yeah i like i like I like that bit quite quite a lot.
0: I actually wanted to bring up so i think it was in the spycraft documentary on netflix uh apparently, there was a technology from forever ago you could have these things that weren't battery operated, but were, would would pick up signals by like sending a signal to them. And I think like uh, the Russians gave like a painting to somebody and it had these little things in them. And so when you swept the room, nothing would come up. But when someone like across the street fired a signal into it, it could actually pick up signals around the painting uh, I th- so this whole concept of not being detectable at certain points and then be still being able to be used to pick up conversations I, I liked a lot so I, I thought that was really cool that they did that and that's definitely a good one to add to your best list
1: yeah it's it's a difference it's a difference between active and passive transmitters uh-huh. of of audio and that's why I had brought up uh, laser microphones before because uh, laser microphones are the, are the type that you can get a signal. You can get audio uh, pa- from a passive source. Uh, oh, okay. And, and that's why uh, it's often like used through windows because oh. what, what it is is like, Dude, it's so fucking crazy, but like, science is is real. Science is real. <laughs> um, like, if you and me are having a conversation in a room that has a window, the window is vibrating at at a super microscopic level of of mm-hmm. vibration, and by pointing a laser at the window. You can you can like you can calculate the differences between the response, like the beam back of the laser or whatever, and actually get audio out of it. You can get that out of it's any thin material. I saw in my research, uh, windows are the best. Windows are fucking awesome for this shit, but uh, you can even do that shit off of a fucking house plant or a bag of potato chips. Oh wow! <laughs> it, it has to—that's pretty it, cool. It just has to be something thin enough that, like that, you know, our voice conversation is actually causing it to vibrate. Mm-hmm. You know, on a on a, I don't know, microscopic level. But but lasers are sensitive enough to be able to recreate sound from that. Just just nuts.
0: That's pretty incredible.
1: I know, right? <laughs> Stay away from the windows.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: but yeah. Um, yeah, I like the uh I like that, but then it it really it really goes twisty on me. Uh for this last part of the movie. Even though I love the payoff, which yeah. we're getting to, um, this movie definitely knows where it wants to go and is not shy about just rushing past some, you know, jumping over some little logic hurdles to get where it wants to go. Um, my big problem with the, the final, I guess, like I, I 10 minutes of this movie is I, I was never sure like what Gene Hackman and Will Smith knew about what each other knew or were planning. <clears throat> Um I mean Hackman uh, the plan is the the plan is I'm going to go down there I'm going to get a c- confession you're going to record it also by the way if it takes anything longer than 4 minutes abort and get the fuck out right Yeah <clears throat> Well Gene Hackman goes in there and gets into his conversation with John Voight and starts talking about Money, which clearly takes Will Smith by surprise, uh. and also doesn't seem to be particularly helpful. Um, I feel like if if they're looking for a confession, I feel like just the fact that they've got Voight on record even being open to the idea of paying $1.8 million for the tape is fairly damning. Yeah. I mean, it would be fully damning if they actually had the tape, which they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he starts going on a, on a really long rant about, security and democracy and buildings blowing up and like you won the war on war but now we're have to make the war on peace and it goes on for a bit which I think Hackman should have tried to get him back on track uh this is like this is uh this is the storyteller using John Voight to just voice all their huge concerns about hubris right
0: Well, I think he was stalling is what I think he was doing.
1: Well, Voight is, well, Voight's stalling. Hackman shouldn't let him stall. Hackman told, specifically told Smith, we got to get this confession. We got to get this fast. He should have interrupted at some point. Yeah. (laughs) In (laughs) fact, like he's even still going, (laughs) you might not have noticed this, but he's still going on and on, on his like, basically a fucking Bond villain rant. When yeah. when Hackman, like, you know, when the shit goes down, like, Hackman, like, like leaves, like, mid-sentence, John Floyd yeah. is still just, like, getting ramped up. Yeah. <laughs> he still wants to talk about this shit. Yeah. <laughs> right. There will always be power, yeah. you know? And the powerful will always, you know, be fearful of the weak because the weak yeah. do not know what they want. And blah, blah, right. blah, and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> You know, we talked about, like, did Smith overstay his welcome? He left it four minutes. I checked it. Uh, It wasn't fast enough. Jake Busey still fucking nails him in the face and uh, ends up in the van, in the surveillance van. Uh, Gene Hackman gets tracked down and also put into the van. They're, They're ending up in the van together. Can't have been on purpose, right?
0: I don't think so especially Hackman's so. response like you know oh well, you're an idiot you got caught you know type of thing um, so now they're kind of stuck and you know, oh are they gonna get out of the situation and it's it's yeah no I don't think it was planned at all uh, Hackman might have planned to get caught um, you know to get into the belly of the beast but I think he was banking on will Smith following directions again big mistake because he's been burnt so many times about giving directions.
1: Uh right but after 4 minutes like he can't like he can't be surprised to see that Will Smith is uh let's see he should either be ex- he should be expecting Will Smith to be gone yeah so i i don't know maybe he had some kind of plan here it gets it gets squirrely in here and i don't want to if i laser logic on this last 15 minutes of the film like we're, we're going to talk about it for for another hour yeah i swear to god
0: yeah so they're stuck in the van you know moving on uh and will smith thinks on his feet and uh it's like okay well the tape is at this corner and the corner is the the mob's restaurant you know that we talked earlier about how he was representing somebody in the mob and there's like a i guess you know and so the idea, you start figuring out pretty soon, oh, he's creating a standoff between Team NSA and the mob that's trying to, like, mess with him as well. And there's a whole, you know, story about a tape on the mob side and a story about a tape on the NSA side. So he's created a situation where they could talk about a tape and they think they're talking about the same tape and they don't. And we get a nice little, like, you know, guns drawn standoff type of thing, um, which I thought was clever. Uh, but like you said, a lot of this gets kind of squirrely, and is kind of a big hail mary attempt to get out of the situation. Uh, but it's fun for watching a movie. Um, but I did want to mark something as my number three best trade craft. While they're in the van when they get parked, uh, Will Smith mentions, kind of whispers over to Gene Hackman, "Hey, keep an eye out for the FBI." So while everybody's in the mob thing and it's just Hackman and a couple of the NSA guys, he starts coughing up blood because he's already bleeding from getting shot. And he starts coughing up and he's like an old man, you know, so they got to let him out of the truck to cough. And he's still dressed as a policeman. And the FBI surveillance spots that he's bleeding and coughing up getting out of this van and he's dressed, and they're like, oh, they got a policeman. So that gets the FBI to jump in. So we got a nice, like, three-way standoff between the FBI, NSA, and uh, the Mafia. So, so it's very Bruckheimer-ish. But wanted to mark the coughing dressed as a policeman as my number three best tradecraft. I, I thought that was clever of him to get out of the truck knowing the FBI was watching.
1: I'm glad that you flagged Smith mentioning... Uh to Hackman because I missed that. And so uh, that okay. was, that was something that was bothering me was uh, you know, as far as trying to figure out like, like did like, at what point was, was this the plan between the two of them was very confusing to me.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, uh, I don't and, think
0: any of this was the plan. And I <laughs> think,
1: I I think the closer you look at it, the worse it gets.
0: Right, <laughs> but
1: you've definitely helped me out a lot because uh, the idea that uh, Hackman—I mean, uh, you know—like sometimes it's like it's like at the end of the day, like oh, we planned this all along, yeah, <laughs> right? right. But it's clear that they didn't plan this all along. It's right. it's very difficult to tell like what each other is like knows about what the other is doing they definitely didn't plan like okay look and then i'm gonna get shot like i'm gonna get we're both gonna get captured and then oh. i'm gonna get shot and then we're gonna hope that jack black for some reason like records oh, yeah, what was that even confession. about
0: why did he even start recording that was so not explained even in the interrogation room well why'd you start recording there was no reason for him to record
1: At all, I don't. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't say no reason. I think the movie gave us enough of like Jack Black's doubts about what's really going on that he might have done this. What I mean, if I'm if I were gonna super quibble, it's uh, that what Hackman says is like, hey, does everyone in this van know that Voight killed? Jason Robards and Lisa Bonet. Right. And that might have been like the right time for Jack Black to say, Oh, maybe I should record this. Yeah. But <laughs> but you know, if you look at it really closely, he actually started recording like just before that. So whatever. You know, a little slight edit wobble. But you know, I can buy it. I, I can get past that. But You definitely can't have Hackman or Smith like counting on, uh, you know, someone. But but Hackman, I mean, if he's on his you know hind legs here, like maybe he's making a good play. He's trying to sow dissent. He's trying to you like if he's got if he's got no cards to play, right? Then maybe he's like you know, hey guys, 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 you know, this guy's going down. This guy's a murderer. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and, and you're getting taken down with him. Like, that's the point that should have inspired Jack Black to start recording, I think. Right. Um, it's also, like, really weird to me that Hackman is, like, so angry at Will Smith for saying, like, when Will Smith says, I'll give you the tape. And he's like, oh, god damn it, that's our fucking leverage. Right. Well, Hackman knows that they don't have the tape. Right. So... It, it also, it looks like a bit of like, I'm playing along with you, which uh-huh. doesn't wash in, in the water if you look at it too close.
0: Because he didn't know about the mob restaurant.
1: Right. But I do like the fact that you mentioned that, okay, so if Smith mentioned to Hackman that like the FBI could be watching, like that helps me a lot. That fixes a, a bunch of it because the coughing part is very important. You know, like him playing the old man, bleeding, coughing, cop uniform in an unmarked van across the street from a known, like, mob hideout. We should definitely pay attention to this, right? You know, safety's off.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Will Smith's plant. So we can't imagine that, like, this was Hackman and Smith, like, master planning all of this into this final of this final situation. Uh, With the taking John Voight and his goons to Tom Sizemore's mob hideout, right? Right. This is what I want to say about this. It is a really nice payoff. uh, Screenplay wise, because it almost like the movie like ends where it began. Mm hmm in a way that like i really like like when situations that were set up at the very beginning of the movie come back at the very end right. to create the payoff it's also like respectful of will smith uh as the lead of the film to be the person that like solves the problem instead of just letting gene hackman you know lead him in like we need we need like a We need an audience payoff of like Will Smith has got to, you know, rise above and figure this shit out. I would call it super overcooked and really complicated, like with the confusion about the tape and the some of the conversations with Sizemore and Voight. It's like blah 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 blah, iffy. But I totally respect the simple fact of if will smith is in this van in this situation take the show somewhere where he knows that there is fbi surveillance even if that was all that was in his mind you know even if he wasn't super master planning the whole confusion about like you know even if that was all improvisation taking the show to the place where he knew there was active fbi surveillance Number two best. Really good thinking.
0: Yeah. I definitely agree. I, I, it was a fun payoff. I, 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 liked, I liked the standoff a lot.
1: <laughs> and boom, 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 boom. Everyone dies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except the good guys. <laughs> yeah,
0: right. <laughs> um, well, I mean, I think that's about it for the movie. Mm-hmm. Agents, please report for debriefing on this operation.
1: The director will see you now. So you're 14 when you saw this movie? Yeah. All right. How'd you like it then? How do you like it now?
0: I liked it a lot then, and I had a lot of fun watching it again. And just like I had mentioned at the beginning of this episode, just how eerie it was. It's not super rewatchable. Like, I don't think I would, like pull it out to watch it again on my own but I definitely would want to watch it with someone it's a fun film to watch um, so I, I this is kind of probably gonna be a little bit higher up um, uh, for me I, I, I don't know I think I want to go with like a three and a half with this because it's 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 a really fun movie I, I really enjoyed watching it the second time the the the, the zingers, the one-line zingers, were a little much. They weren't, like, necessary um, and weren't even, like, that funny. Uh, but it still, like, overall was, like, kind of edgy or seek kind of a thriller type, and I, I had a lot of fun with it. Um, uh, I think I'm going to be more critical on park benches for this one.
1: All right. Yeah, I'm uh, lower than you on, on star ratings. Now, I didn't have a previous history with this film i liked it more than i thought i was going to i definitely am happy that i've seen it once don't think i need to see it again um i thought it was funner to watch than think about because of uh you know just some of the some of the weird leaps of logic that that were necessary to make it the film that it wanted to be yeah uh and you know chase scenes are not stuff that I really like you know uh, respond to as far as like rewatchability uh i'm a i'm a I'm a two point five on this guy
0: uh what about your tradecraft uh
1: the Gabriel burn as fake brill definitely made my list that was solid i'll call it my number three best uh number two best again we just talked about it like even though like you know the the end part was like maybe too convoluted to suffer good scrutiny even if the only thought in will smith's head was let's take this show to somewhere where there is fbi surveillance that's a good play number two best uh, number one, best easily surprised. I've never seen it. I'm going to be bugged, but I'm not going to activate. You're not going to activate my bug until you see me give a visual signal of gum in the mouth.
0: Yeah, that was definitely good.
1: Yeah. Solid. Uh,
0: my number three best trade craft was, uh, Gene Hackman dressed as a police officer coughing to get out of the van, knowing the FBI was watching, uh, which would get them involved. Um my number two best trade craft, I really liked uh Gabriel Byrne faking being brill uh, not only that, but just sweeping for bugs and pulling one out to show him so that he could gain will smith's confidence i I really really liked it. I thought that was very clever,
1: and uh, not the others <laughs> right and, yeah, and leaving the
0: others in yeah, yeah
1: that's a good uh,
0: one. my number one best trade craft was the counter spying. Uh, of Gene Hackman against Voight and just the whole montage of just like just turning the tables and doing everything they'd been doing to Will Smith and then purposely letting the bugs and cameras all being found. um, I I liked that a lot because it was kind of like, you know, uh, this is this is not a game anymore for you. You're not in control. Um, We're on equal ground. We need to meet and you need to take this seriously. So I I, I like that a lot. Uh, what about your worst tradecraft?
1: Uh, as a stand-in, uh, there's so many technological questions I have about this movie, uh, but I can't be sure. One thing I'm damn sure about is that uh, the bullet time camera element that they use in the lingerie shop is... Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, we talked a lot about technology that exists now that maybe didn't exist in 98. That shit doesn't even exist now. Right. (laughs) So that had to make my list. Uh, My number two and number one worst are pretty much just a pairing of uh, Voight's general approach and Hackman's general approach to the movie. Uh, They're both like, what they are is very thin uh, connective tissues to get the movie where it wants to go and, and that's fine. And it makes for a, probably a better movie, but they, they just, they don't suffer scrutiny. Uh, so yeah, number two, I I don't know. You could flip them. Uh, I I think, I think Voight's bad at his job and Hackman's bad at his job.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, My number three worst tradecraft was uh, when uh, the two goons were pretending to be detectives when they first, you know, make a play at Will Smith was bringing up Rachel Banks. They were already playing the nice guy detectives, just making investigations about the death and pulling Rachel Banks out that early was really tipping their hand. Like, we're watching you and we know about you. And it basically put Will Smith on the defensive.
1: Yeah, good call.
0: Uh my number two worst trade tradecraft was the phone call at the, the, the gas station minimart place. Like at this point he should have been much wiser and not and just followed the rules and just not made any phone calls. So that that was I I, I wanted to make that my number one um because of what a big like fumble that was. Uh but it wouldn't have mattered if from what I made my number one worst trade craft was Voight ruining Smith's life and being so heavy handed on, you know, pressuring him and trying to, you know, just flex, flex all over him. And it was just like, if he didn't do that, he probably could have just watched him and gotten a ton of information. So that's why I didn't make this my number one worst trade craft, because if Voight had just done a better job, the phone call wouldn't have even mattered. So uh, yeah, definitely. they, they, They should have, had a much lighter touch in watching Will Smith, you know, so it's my number one worst tradecraft.
1: craft. It's uh, a movie that was ahead of its time. And right. so it gets some things wrong about what you should actually be worried about. It's like watching the earliest movie about hacking uh-huh. where like, you know, uh, the audience doesn't really know what hacking is. So you have to make <laughs> it like very blatant and in your face right and and this movie you know or you have a movie about ai and like people don't really understand how ai actually works so if you want to make a entertainment piece about it you have to make it really blatant and in your face this is that version in my mind of surveillance like the 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 real things we need to worry about are not what we see in this film um but it's it's crazy ahead of its time.
0: So, for park benches,
1: where do we want to go? <laughs> park benches? So, okay, no matter how much we did or did not like the movie, our park bench rating from zero to five is going to reflect uh, the accuracy right. of the Either movie. Either historical or tradecraft. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I, I don't know. I, I want to go pretty low on this. Because, like, you pointed out in your uh, worst trade crafts that Voight was bad at his job and Hackman was bad at his job. (laughs) Uh, But I I don't want to quite drop down to, like, a one. But I don't know. I'm thinking, like, a two or a two and a half is kind of where I'm at.
1: I'm in the zone with you. Between two and 2.5, I'm going to bump it up between those two a 2.5 because we see a lot. Yeah. We do see a lot, yeah, even though it's a little overcooked, yeah like <laughs> it, you know and and a lot of the things we see came to pass, yeah. you know these these transmitters did get smaller uh, yeah. this GPS technology did get better this uh, uh satellite imagery stuff did get better it 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 came to pass, yeah. <laughs> Right? Absolutely. Yeah. Let's give it that 2.5.
0: That sounds good to me. All right. 2.5 workbenches, enemy of the state. And that's the end of our show. Thanks for listening if you'd like to reach out to us you can find us on Twitter at spies underscore like us visit us on our website at www.spieslikeus.net you can find out about upcoming episodes also what will really help us out is if you give us a review on wherever you found our podcast either on iTunes or your Android app or YouTube or wherever you listen to us Uh, even if you didn't like the show just give us a review it will help us give us feedback so we can make the show better and it can also help other people who haven't found the show yet find out about us hey moira initiate protocol nine protocol nine initiated this podcast will self-destruct in 20 seconds the preceding transmission sample of the songs ice cold by audio nautics enter the party by kevin mcleod and sound effects from freesound.org. attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net editing by todd hostetler